push the button. Okay, dude. So let's do this. Tres, dos, uno. What are you doing? Testies in my mouth. Get on the ground, you fucking pledge. Ew. Welcome to the greatest podcast experience of your life. This is the Frat Chat Podcast. All young men like three things. Two. Featuring Carlos Garcia and Chris. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Frat Chat the Podcast. And the crowd goes wild. What's up, Mr. Mo? What's up, Carlos? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, How about you? You know what, man? I'm having a a tough day. Before we get into my tough day, I want to once again thank Gazzo Music. For our intro yes absolutely i uh, got gazzo you fucking rock man like <laughs> it never gets I love old it. I, I love listen it. to I love it, it so much it's it's fantastic also our sponsor the moon life clothing and uh nate gonzalez for making the fantastic fantastic logo that we have and make sure to check them out at themoonlife.com and use promo code frat chat and all caps for 10 percent off your next order and lastly follow us on all social media that's facebook instagram twitter at Frat Chat Podcast. And follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Carlos Does the World. And on Twitter at Carlos Does World because Twitter did not let me fit the the. And you can follow my good buddy Simo here on Instagram at chris.more.comedy and make sure to DM him your dick pics because he loves that. Correct. And uh, your Facebook, I don't think you have an official one, do you? Because it's you're just a more peasant. Just Chris Moore, yes. amongst the rest of the Chris Moores in the world. You'll know him because his is like a, one of those like moving pictures, and he makes this like really smiley face that looks like 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 when your uncle's about to touch you, like that same face. Or maybe it's, it's like scary. the introduction to a soap opera. <laughs> yes. These are the days of our lives. That ends with your uncle touching you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just Typical kidding. family reunion. Uncle Harry would play that little game, Run Till I Rape You, where everyone's a, uh, uh, not a winner. Oh, Lord. I, 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 there's nothing I can say because rape is not fine. I don't have an Uncle Harry, and that's, yes. that never happened. Yes, but he Just does have a hairy uncle. Know. Okay, so <laughs> so let's talk about something serious. I, I debated whether or not we should talk about this on air, and I think we should talk about it. The reason is because when you have a microphone in your hand, you have a platform, and this is a very touchy subject, and if this is too close to home, then you should turn off the podcast now. I respectfully disagree because I think that the problem is that people don't talk about it enough, and I think that, if anything... Keep that shit playing and listen because people should talk about this. Um, it's okay, I'm going to I'm going to retract my statement. I agree with you. Uh, so so, go on. so um, I'm waiting to hear arrangements to be made for my best friend who took his life this past week, and um, uh, it's devastating. And I'm mad at society for allowing mental health to still have this stigma, and it really kills me that people, including my friend, have no other outlet than to. Uh, take their life. So I just want everyone to know that there are a lot of outlets. I love an organization called NAMI, N A M 
I stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. If you have any questions, um, they have a helpline and you can discuss symptoms of mental illness, you know, treatment options, support groups, education programs. Their phone number is 1-800-950-NAMI or 1-800-950-6264 or you can just email info at nami.org. If you or someone you know is really struggling with uh, finding value in their life and they have run out of options and as far as they're concerned, um, please call or have them call this number, 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And don't um, be afraid to talk about it, you know, because here's the thing. It happens to more people than you think, and you are not alone if you feel this way, seriously. The importance of talking about it is sometimes if you're an athlete, for example, we found out a lot about concussions and things of the sort. Um, there could be another underlying reason behind it. There's nothing wrong with that. Go get checked out. You know, it's really something that could save your life, and really it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, take care I, of yourselves. Guys. I appreciate you saying that. I think that I, I'm not asking you all to um, donate. If you want to donate to the cause, by all means, go for it. But what, what I am asking, which I don't think is a lot to ask for, is just to open up the lines of communication mm -hmm. and talk about things that you're feeling. Because I think that there should be more value placed on mental health. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, this day and age is still pretty expensive with specialist co-pays and, and co-pays for medication. Um, I don't think yes. people realize there's a lot <clears throat> of free services out there. Uh, so please... Uh, talk about it. Carlos, thank you for reaching out to me yesterday. You guys, I get I get a phone call from Carlos and I was a hot mess. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you um, saying the things that you did. And, uh, you know, guys, it's it's okay to uh, cry. And yep. um, so with that being feel, said, <laughs> I'd like to dedicate this episode to my best friend in the whole yes. world, Charlie. And uh, we're going to do this weekly cheers to... Yeah, I need I need one of these. Good friend Charlie. All right, All cheers. Right. To this episode is to Charlie. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. So, with that being said, where's the jokes? Let's talk about some frat It's between chat. your legs, Simo. Oh, that is entirely inaccurate. It's not a laughing matter how small it is. That's why. That is no way. Um, I'm a grower, not a shower. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Um, uh, so you went somewhere, Mr. Mo. Where the fuck did you go? Oh, Tell yes, the people. I, so uh, last week I was in Chicago. Um, uh, you know, it's wedding season. And I got, the to, bears. I got to see uh, two good friends of mine uh, tie the knot, and it was beautiful. Felt like for, I was for the record, not to interrupt, but, but when you say tie the knot, do you mean like a wedding or like these weird gay things that you go to where two Asian men tie their penis foreskins together into a knot? Um, like a like a like a, a Chinese finger trap? Yeah, yeah, but with their dicks. No, that that does not happen. I, I know. I I seen your I seen your internet history. Okay, I My saw name. your credit card history. Twenty four ninety nine. You even get the videos. Like, don't lie now, Simo. No, no, none of that. They they um, <laughs> uh, they had nuptials. They got married. Is what happened. Yeah, sure. They got married in a beautiful ceremony in an environment that reminded me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Remember when they were in the grass? Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it was oh, like I a, love that movie, a, by the way. A big ant and a scorpion. They get in fights. Yeah. I felt like I was uh, on and set. And the ant was their friend. Right. Or even like on set of like... Um, I swear, was the grass that long? What do you mean? What does it feel like? Oh, gosh. They have ferns and, and like these oh. plants are humongous. I felt like I was in like Jurassic Park. It was so cool. <laughs> such, a, such a cool you venue. Like, beautiful felt ceremony. Like it was his boyfriend's pubes again. It was so like bushy. and <laughs> You know? <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've seen my fair share of... Um, of um, overgrown weeds, <laughs> I'll say. Uh, but, but it all started with his father in 1987. <laughs> uh, but I can't tell you, uh, one of these rooms is really tropical. This place, and it was um, they had to maintain a humid, uh, hot atmosphere for the plants. It felt like I was in like a tropical paradise. And I had to take my Ooh. suit jacket off because I was a little sweaty. Uh, but it really You're not felt a sweater. Like, I would be dying, man. I would be drenched. Man, it really did feel like I was like on a tropical vacation. Um, Carlos gets very hot. In, in fact, Carlos has gone through multiple uh, wardrobe changes today. He's rocking another sleeveless shirt. Yeah. Um, now, I have not seen all these sleeveless shirts on the runway, but <laughs> Carlos tends to tear the sleeves off of every shirt he owns I like to, to showcase the guns. I like to look good, okay? People got to know merchandise not displayed does not get sold. He right. is going for the 90s grunge, uh, like, homeless or struggling <laughs> artists or high fashion. We don't really know. Or maybe homeless Definitely not high artists. fashion. I don't know, man. I feel like I just want to look my best and uh, your mother likes it, as they say. Well, my mom, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she does yeah. not like it. Yeah, sure, she loves my it. My mom reads Vogue on the regular. She would not approve of what you're wearing right now, but that's yeah. this discussion for yeah, another you day. You, you want to know what your mom sounded like reading Vogue last night? <laughs> okay, well, um, <laughs> on that note, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. And, uh, okay, so while I was in Chicago. If your mom hears this podcast, I love you. <laughs> um, uh, wait till my mom talks to you, and she will talk to you. I'm going to tell her everything you just said. Uh, and, and Okay, so... Um, while I was in Chicago, I got to stay with the, uh, one of my favorite people. one of my best friends. His name is... It doesn't matter! And It doesn't matter! ...was in a fraternity, but get this. It was a gay fraternity. What? He was talking about it, and I was like, holy shit, whoa, 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 whoa. Why I don't would we never discuss this? Um, wh- was your chapter just, like, super gay? <laughs> yeah, or was it, or like, was a, it a gay, gay fraternity? fraternity? And is it a gay national fraternity, or is it there, like... Like, imagine our fraternity, but a different college, and then they just decided all to be gay. And I was like, when you say gay, do you mean homosexual, or do you mean, like, uh, like 10 years ago when people would say, that's gay to mean it's stupid? You know uh, what I mean? People would be like, <laughs> like that, that gay fraternity, that's, I wasn't sure. I need a clarification. So, so yeah, so what is it? Is it gay fraternity? Is it a gay chapter? Is it, what is it? Okay, so it's a gay fraternity, and it is called... Delta Iota Kappa. <laughs> Okay. And I think it came into effect 1986, which is um, slightly younger than what? Slightly younger. I was born in the 80s. I won't tell you what year, but I was born in the 80s. Well, technically, that's right, because Simo, uh, you understand, he died in 1978 and briefly, and they replaced his heart with a young person, and that person was born in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Is, that, is that what happened? <laughs> So, okay, so it was founded in 1986, but wow, I didn't think that it would be that old, to be honest, because I feel like people haven't been that accepting towards gay people for that long, even though, you know, I don't know. You well, know? I'm looking at the website right now. This is what it says. It says, thinking of joining in 1986, Delta Iota Kappa. <laughs>
social fraternity was founded by gay men for all men. I bet you in 1986 they weren't that popular. Right. And how open was it? And that's what that's what I'm asking. And I don't mean to be, you know, offensive. It's just because to be honest, like I mean, even though gay marriage is legal, there's still people out there who are not fucking tolerant. So in the eighties it was pretty bad still. Oh and my gosh. There's there's places I won't go. There's there's comedy festivals I don't go to. Still. I'm scared because as an openly gay man, I'm like, I don't want to get dragged behind a right. pickup truck and I'm not trying to be funny that you know, there's still a lot of hate crimes. I have a friend who it happened to, man. He was leaving a gay club with one of his friends and a group of dudes all of a sudden just jumped his friend and beat the fuck out of him. And then he was about to get in there, and like there was a bunch of them. They said, "If you fucking get in here, you're next," you know. And literally made him watch as they beat the fuck out of his friend. And I mean, that's wait, where was this? It was in D.C. That's and, so And they scary. put his friend in the hospital. And it's like this was two years ago, you know. So you think about like times have changed a little bit, but it, not that much. In the '80s, it wasn't easy. Like there was still a lot of closeted. Men, you know, I think weren't the bathhouses like in the big culture then? Like it was, it was not an open thing. So, it's, uh, that's why I'm curious. Was this like, was this a known thing? I'd like to know more. To be honest, um, to be honest, it's a little, uh, it's, it's a little bizarre to me because it doesn't matter. Told me that you were not allowed to hook up with your fellow fraternity members. You don't shit where you eat. You don't shit where you eat. Hell no. Um, but I thought to myself when he first mentioned this. Like, wow, like, you must have got a lot of ass. Yeah. You know, your chapter meetings. Like, yeah. were your chapter meetings orgies? Right. But And you rush guys. Like, do you, like for example, for us, uh, we would have parties and stuff. And then the rule really would be try to bring girls for the most part. And, like, bring a couple cool guys that you want to rush. But in this way, if it's a gay fraternity, you bring both guys that you want to rush and guys you want to bang. Is it two birds with one stone? Do you bang them first and then you rush them? There is, honestly, these are valid questions. They are valid questions, and I, uh, from my understanding, it sounded more like, um, like a leadership club more than a social fraternity, uh, mm-hmm. as, as he discussed it with me. Um, I feel like with our fraternity, we definitely tried to rush guys that were popular among all of us, mm-hmm. or had the potential of being popular and being social in the life of the party. I mean, that's why I got rushed. Fucking nerds everywhere. They needed me. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We, we needed Carlos because we weren't capable of having conversations um, <laughs> with others. Um, <laughs> but it's not your fault. You had braces. Hey, I had guys. braces. I couldn't communicate. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> So let me give you directions to our crush party. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm looking at this website, and I have to say that first and foremost, with this gay fraternity, um, uh, I have to say that all the pictures that I see of all the members across the globe, across, across North America, they're all very attractive, which I assumed. Um, so, ah, he's all right. Well, this is the founder. The founder, uh, there, there's a section that's words from our he's, founder. He's no young Carlos Garcia or anything, but... I mean, he's no young Carlos Garcia, but neither are you. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Whoa! So, I'm too young to be getting old jokes, my friend. I, I look fantastic for my age. I'm not letting any of this bother me. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, words from our founder. The very beginning, it says, If you had one chance to tell someone the most important thing in the world, what would you say? Let me say this with my, should I do my, my, um, I think so. I don't, what is this? What is this? It sounds too much like you. You need to act it out because I'm not getting into the character and I don't know if you know, I'm an actor. (coughs) I need, 
I need you to like be ready. I need you to be a professional. This is a professional comedy podcast, and thus your stupid little voice ain't gonna cut it. Um, so I'm also an actor, and then I, I'm very familiar with the theater. And well, some of us are. Good actors. Uh, uh, when you're on stage, as oh. much as I'm on stage, we oh. only get a five-minute oh, oh, warning. Oh, you're going to call it stage? Oh, really? You're going to call it stage? Thank you. Oh, really? Okay. I'm ready. <clears throat> this is um, my fraternity voice. Um, take wait, wait, wait. It's your, your gay fraternity president voice or founder. Correct. Okay. If you had one chance <laughs> to tell someone the most important thing in the world, what would you say? And how would you make it memorable? My answer to these questions is Delta, Delta Iota Kappa. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if you had one chance to tell someone the most important thing in the world, what would you say? You would say Delta Iota Kappa. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Way, I, I take that back, though. And that voice, I kind of decided I wanted to join. I, oh, yeah? I think you turned me. Let me tell you, with that voice. <laughs> That's how it works, right? You just like, you it, turn. Yep. It's, That's it's, what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> the whole nation just got wet. <laughs> oh God! Thank God I'm wearing a diaper. Um, there, thank God I'm wearing a diaper. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. There's this one uh, page that has words. Can we from say members. the founder's name? Hmm? Can we say his name? Did you say his name? I didn't say his name. Should I was we? nervous too. Right. He's very handsome, so I'm not saying anything bad about him. I just think his first opening line is stupid. <laughs> Chris Moore Jr. the third. Of course, he's the third. The third. The, More like the turd. Okay, I'll see. When I see the third, I think I think Southern white privilege. I think colonial yeah. home. I think two pop collars of the polo. Um, but I feel like you're meshing a lot of different stereotypes there. Two pop collars and a polo playing tennis in a Southern home drinking iced tea. Yeah. What? That is a lot. What, this is like some super That's rich level that I've I never see seen. a name that has a third on it. See, I'm not allowed to too many events because I'm still like Venezuelan. So those are like a high class of white people that just like doesn't. Like I feel like when, when families <laughs> and you can't think of a name, you're like, Ah, fuck it. Just call him Chris Moore Jr. 15th, like George Foreman. He had like six kids, all named George Foreman. Really? Literally. Is that a a fact? That is a fact. That sucks. George Foreman has a lot of kids named George Foreman. I'd be so mad. Like, Dad, be creative. I mean, he got punched in the head a fuck ton of times, dude. He sure did. He only lost like four fights, too, so. Yo, that grill saved my life. Shout out George Foreman. Yeah, that grill is awesome. (laughs) Okay, so this one says... Uh, Shout out George Foreman. We love this him. one guy says, I continue to be involved with D.I.K. For three reasons. And I thought to myself, uh, okay. D.I.K. That's the initials for the fraternity. But like, so when I see the initials D.I.K. thinking this has got to be something dirty. I feel uh, like that's something like someone would creep at you and whisper in your ears like, hey, you're down with D.I.K. Like, Ew, no, you fucking sick freak. Get the fuck away from me, oh grandpa. I, a while back, I was exchanging texts with this guy that I met at the bar. He said, are you into F fun? Do you know what F fun is? Fun? I, I like thought fun. he spelled fun wrong. I thought, he was, I thought it was like a typo. He's dyslexic like me. We're meant to be. I was like, oh my gosh, he can relate to me on so many levels. Um, but he can't relate to me because F fun stands for fisting. What? F fun means fisting. How does There's that mean fisting? Like, a series of lingo that I'm not familiar with. No, that is way too much of a confusing way to go into fisting. And then I, you know, I should do more research on this. I'm so out of the loop. Uh, I like to I like to come off as like Don Juan, but I'm really just like a simple Sally that just goes home 
alone a lot. So, <laughs> oh, um, and beats it someone like the other day was like, I'm looking for a pig to take home. I'm like, okay, a, like, like a cop, like a, like a, what did you say? A cop? A cop? Like people call cops. Oh, I didn't pig. think about that. When he said pig, I thought like, like a, a big bone healthy dude. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah, what's, like the deliverance. Like, oh, McCall, you look like a piggy boy. So I looked at him kind of funny. Like, you want what? me to? And, uh, mm. I, I, he's like, squeal a like a pig. Boy. Squeal like a pig boy. <laughs> I can take your ass all back and we can wrestle make it squeal like a piggy. Pig. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so this guy's okay. His, his testimony says, "I continue to be his involved." Testimony? What is it? testimony? That sounds like a prison. T- <laughs> M- maybe testimonial. Uh, perhaps? He says, "I continue to be involved with Dik for three main reasons: the hard work I put into the chapter up to this point has been fulfilling and purposeful. The emotional support I get from my brothers is irreplaceable and necessary, and because I still have so much left to do with and for this chapter before I'll call my time finished." Um, I don't know what I think about this. To me, it sounds... I don't think that guy wrote that. Huh? I don't think that guy wrote that. I, I think somebody wrote that, that and maybe put his picture next to it. Maybe he was paid. I don't know. I, I don't, don't think he was very paid. Handsome. I just think like they just used it. Let me see. Is there a picture next to that guy too? Yeah. Right there. Oh, man. Yeah, nice he smile. definitely write that. I just... I just... Uh, I don't know. I... I, I, I kind of feel like... It just sounds like too cheesy, too like, yeah, come. But like I get why, because they want to look legitimate in the eyes of fraternities. So you have to do it. But at the same time, it's a little like too hokey for me. Well, part of me thinks, like, wouldn't it be really nice if all fraternities would just be overly accepting and let anyone in? Yeah, that'd be nice. And so fraternities were neither gay nor straight. They're just it'd fraternities. Be, it'd be nice if your racist grandma let me fucking sit at the big boys table too. Now, wouldn't it, New Simo? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. my grandma was not racist, <laughs> and um, uh, you're welcome to dinner any day of the week. And you can sit at any seat sit you want to sit in. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember long, the rules. As just as long as you don't forget to bring the carry out from Taco Burrito Palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so um, uh, okay, so these are my thoughts. My thoughts are this. I feel like maybe I'm a, being a douche, but at our college got a lot of publicity a while back because some idiots created a white student union because there was a black student union. And to uh, me, that was highly inappropriate. But that was a racist fucking... It wasn't like a... It was, it was racist. It, it was, was very racist. Um, it was disgusting, in fact. Yeah. And it made me really embarrassed to say that was part of our university. So when I, when I hear that people came out with, like, a gay organization, part of me felt the same way. Like, well, why can't everyone just be, inclusive. be you know, I- I- inclusive? I don't know. Maybe that's a bad analogy to make, but <sighs> but I, I did feel it's like... It's a fair point, though. You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel however the fuck you want to feel. So right now there's um, <laughs> groups that are uh, putting forth... This movement is called Straight Pride. Have you seen that uh, in the news? But, and again, that's like the white student union. Yeah, that's literally like insecure fucking straight dudes. Like, sorry, man. Like, I'm straight. I'm sorry. There's no hate crimes being committed for me walking around for being straight. Like, mm-hmm. there isn't. You're not afraid to walk down the fucking street. You're not afraid to come out to your mom and say, hey, I like a girl. Right. A no one's screaming faggot out their window right. when you're waiting at, like at the red light. It's fucking disgusting. Like, you haven't, and you don't get to discriminate again for liking a girl, like, if you're a guy. If you really, really, really firmly believe that there needs to be such a thing as straight pride, that I'm sorry, then you are just an insecure fucking piece of shit. And I, honestly, like, I don't get it. And there's no, there's no way you can convince me of Thinking that it's okay. Especially because the idea of it is based on hate, just for a group being different. So <laughs> I can't get down with that. Yeah. That's my two cents. 
I think uh, we can move on from this topic. <laughs> all in yeah, all, I get hot, man. I get hot. I don't like it. I fucking hate, especially these days. It's like, why is it so hard to be nice? And like, why is it so hard for people just to be cool and just nice to everyone? Like you were right. The fraternity should, especially these days where people just keep getting in trouble left and right, would it would probably help your cause and help you get rushes if you were just inclusive of everyone. And I then agree. it would make you a better chapter too because guess what? When everybody's different, everybody can bring something different to the table and make it better. Like that was like what was awesome about my pledge class. We had every kind of kid. And literally like everybody brought something different to the table. You guys had the first um, the first black kid. Black pledge, right? Yeah. In our yeah. fraternity at our school. And we didn't think, a lot of us didn't think much of it, but the older guys that were already like retired and graduated <laughs> um, had a lot to say about it. It was, really, it was really concerning. I thought to myself, go home, grow <laughs> up, buy a recliner, you know, just yeah. um, settle down. But don't reproduce. We don't need any more. <laughs> we don't need any more of those little yeah, guys. please. Cap your nuts. When did you come out? Did you come out at, during college or after? After college. Huh. And I'd, already, I'd already graduated. Can I ask you, when did you know you were actually gay? I mean, I guess on a level I always knew. Um, right, but I, like, when were you like, I'm like, I am a gay man. You might not even have been okay with it, but it's more than an inkling because you had sex with girls. I did. And I would like to talk about those stories, but I'll get on with that later. Um, yeah. It's, so when was it that it was like, uh, I am gay? Maybe you weren't ready to tell. But um, Well, let's just say this. I'm very, very blessed to been brought up in an immediate family. Now, my extended family might feel differently, but my immediate family um, were super progressive and liberal, and yes. I knew that awesome. if I were to come out of the closet, they would welcome me with open arms. So that was not a contributing factor to why it took me so long to come out of the closet. Right. But I think that um, I just always assumed I was open-minded. I just didn't worry about it. You know, since since we're talking about, you know, this episode, we start off with discussing, you know, mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with a raging eating disorder. So Mm -hmm. my concerns were just making healthy choices. Right. And I couldn't deal with anything else on my mind. So I think that unfortunately, maybe my sexuality just on the back burner because at the forefront has make sure that I was um, uh, eating uh, I just maintain healthy eating habits. So right. that's a discussion for another day. But um, it was after I graduated and I was doing fashion shows. And just after this one particular fashion show, we went to the gay bars because everyone associated with this fashion show uh, were gay. You got right. you know the gay models, you got gay makeup artists, you got gay hair um, uh, team, you have uh, gay producers and designers. Everyone was gay. So we go to the gay bar. Gotcha. And I didn't think anything of it until I got there and I was like, oh, wow, this feels like home. I was getting hit on left and right and I thought, oh, this is, oh, yeah, this all makes sense. Right. Okay. Oh, I, I, oh, okay. So I might be a homo. So then the next day I was in the car with my mom and I said, mama, I think I might be a homo. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Just always wear a raincoat. And <laughs> I am uh, happy with whomever you bring home. I just want you to be happy. I said, okay, thanks. Uh, but I also told her, I was, I was like, Mama, I haven't kissed anyone yet but or done anything, but I have been thinking about it since yesterday. <laughs> and she was like, okay, 
that's enough. Uh, but that was that. So then I, I then I came out to the rest of eternity and and how was that? Were there any positive, any negative reactions, any surprising reactions? Well, uh, I kind of get a lot of gay men come out with like a soft coming out. You ever hear the expression "by now, gay later"? No. So it kind of implies that, like, for a lot, I think specifically with gay men, that we kind of come out by saying we're bisexual, that we're interested in guys and girls, because uh, we're not completely gay, because we still talk to girls, and then ultimately we're like, you know what? Come to think of it, I might just be like, um, right, totally gay. Right, uh, right. So I didn't really say I was gay. I just said that I found men attractive, and I kind of just left it at that. And then I think rumors went around and ultimately, um, oh, one time I was at the gay bar and I was coming out. I bumped into another fraternity brother. What? Yeah. Wait, but he was at the gay bar. Yeah, but I was so scared that he saw me and I was like, oh shit, the gig is up. He was probably so scared that you saw him. He was like, Simo, what are you doing at the gay bar? And I was like, uh, uh, what are you doing at the gay bar? Why did you ask that? What do you mean? Do you know who it was? No, I want to know. It was you. Get out. Yeah, I was coming. Like, gay not bar, shocking in. at all. And I mean, always... I'm not going to lie. I go to the gay bar with you all the time. But back then, I feel like I was different. I feel like he was fishing. Well, so I should have known that he went because he's always wearing those, like, velour track suits. Right. And he, like, thinks he's, like, ladies' man. His hair And he's so always all about that. So, honestly, I could really would not be shocked if he was totally in the closet. Yeah, but uh, I think that just word traveled fast, and then it was really sad because people stopped returning like my phone calls, and I think every uh, not everyone, but a lot of people that I respected very slowly started to tell me like nonchalantly their views on homosexuality. For example, the and of president, course, I'm sure you asked every time, right? What your their views on homosexuality? Oh, of course. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's like, excuse um, me. How do you feel about the gays, sir? It's like I'm the same person. I just happened to state something that you probably knew from day one, just because I yeah, like, said I it. Like I knew all along. Like when you <laughs> when you told me the first time we saw it, I was like, really? Like you're telling me this? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I told Carla and said, so as you probably, I, was, I don't even know how I phrased it. I was like, hey, so just so you know, <laughs> I'm gay. Just and so you know, was like, I'm gay. <laughs> Carla was like, oh, are you? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Who knew? Um, but wait, Shocking. So this one guy that was our fraternity president at one point, I remember we were in his car and he was like, listen, Simo, like. Um, the Bible says to love everyone, so I had to love everyone, but when it comes to homosexuality, I just hate them. And I said, okay, and that was one of our last conversations. This other guy was telling me, and we're in the, I was in the car with him, and it was kind of awkward, and he said, hey, see, I just want you to know that, you know, once men are allowed to marry men, like, what's stopping men from marrying animals? What? It's like, so I just don't support Because one's a marriage. fucking human, one's a fucking animal, you fucking idiot. I know. I was getting like what? these weird comments left and right, like out of nowhere. And then uh, I remember. Uh, and the first one, I'm sorry, uh, the Bible says I can't. Fuck, go fuck yourself. Stick a Bible up your ass. Like, Man, what? A prick. It was super intense. Like, I felt like the people I was closest with were just like dropping off. Um, my, you know, social circle. God, I get hot. Right. I hate it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for you. Like, I'm and sorry then this happened. I ultimately <laughs> was planning on moving to Chicago. Um, but at some point I was like, I have like very few friends left. It, it was, it was very unfortunate, very uncomfortable. I stopped getting texts and emails and group invites. And I felt like I was very slowly excommunicated. Is that the word? Yeah. Excommunicated. Ex- exiled. Fun. Peasant. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Not nah, excommunicated is good. Like they don't talk to you. Like the church, they would excommunicate um, you. Oh, and then uh, exiled too. So that summer, 
I slept with a few girls. Mm-hmm. So I was like, am I gay? And the more I slept with the girls, I was like, I'm gay. <laughs> okay. I want to know what kind of girls were you getting? How many girls did you get? I want to hear some stories. Some stories? Yeah, um, man. Are you serious? You can't just gloss over that. I want to know. Um, okay, so... What's the, was, what's the first one? Give me, like, the first time you got laid with a girl. Okay, well, in college, I was doing stuff. Okay. I wasn't doing it. Okay. So I was always telling girls, like, I'm just not ready, and, like, I'm just not in love. Define stuff. And stuff meaning I was chopping on chocha like a fucking <laughs> champ. If you, if you were to, they call him Chris <laughs> Moore. <laughs> if you were to grab a pudding cup from your fridge right now and eat that shit with your face while crying, it's just like me trying to fit in in college. Oh. Um, I used to actually talk to the pledges about, okay, so as you know, I'm a champion, like, um... Carpet muncher. So let me give you some tips to really make that leg shake. Like I, my competitive person, I didn't do a lot with ladies. I learned this on my dog first. Do that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and no. then his legs shook, and that's when he was good. You know, one day I'm gonna marry your dog. Oh, not sunshine. <laughs> uh, I to girl dogs. That make I don't know. You got you know what? Difference? I'm bi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I don't want to get confused. I definitely believe that bisexuality exists. Oh, totally. It's just totally. sometimes I think that people but if you're gay, yeah, yeah. resort to that. Um, it's a cop ad. Yeah. To some people. You know, but everyone has their own journey. I get it. I will tell you. Um, uh, By the way, you totally uh, glossed over and did not get into your sex story. So what the fuck, man? Okay, I'm coming back the to people it. People want to know. I have a good sex story for you. Go on. There was this girl that I used to... Like, flirt with, I guess. Okay. Um, and she worked near this shop that I worked at in the mall. Um, and, okay. And so uh, we went to, like, a co-worker's party um, after we all graduated in the summer. And we were drinking. And she was um, very aggressive with me. And so I went to the bathroom. And she followed me in there. And she was like, let's do it. So I screwed her in the bathroom uh, up against the door. Wow, that's pretty cool. But here's the I've kicker. I've never done that. So she was, oh God, I feel like people are going to rip me to shreds for saying this. Um, she was very hard of hearing, so she had a hearing aid in each ear. And <laughs> although, although um, we could communicate, and I could pretty much make out what she was saying, um, and she could you know, read lips really well, uh, it was uncomfortable because uh, I kept telling her to be quiet while we were um, doing it. And so, like, I'm trying my best not to bang our bodies against the door, but oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to imitate it, and I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I think that you have to. Maybe. If saying, it's fucked up enough, I'll edit it out. She kept saying it. She's like, yeah! Oh, shit! Oh, damn! <laughs> and I was like, shh, shh, shh. And she was like, you have a fat dick. Oh my God, you have a fat dick. Shh, 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 shh. Please, please, please stop, 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 stop. And um, I remember like every time like I felt like I hooked up with a girl, there was like some weird um, circumstances that made me like. Not like girls. Not necessarily not like girls, but just really from the fact that everything about this was a mistake. I feel like that was like God's right. way of saying like. There, there's no hope for you. Like this is not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> One time, this girl was on top of me, and and my legs went numb. 
I like spin numb. I had it, and it was I'm not necessarily implying that she's a big girl, she's a healthy girl, but I was just a really, really skinny guy. Oh and so um I like like definitely kind of the road trip, you know, storyline with the with the skinny dude. Um you know what I mean with like the cheetah underwear? That was that was basically me. That girl was massive. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily to that size, but um but yeah, it was like it was just a bunch of like horrible sex cabades. And then let's see. The the first time that I slept with the girl, I remember I woke up and didn't remember it. And I said, oh, my God, am I still a virgin? And she said, I mean, you were trying to shove your flaccid penis inside of me. So I'm not you tell me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, can we do it now so I can remember? And she's like, if you want to. So she got on top and she was riding me. And every time she like leaned forward and sat back and got back down, uh, I could hear. <laughs> And I was like, oh well, that's my God. normal. That happens. I was like, oh my God, are you farting on me? And Actually, she's like, it's a, just grief. she's like, it's air pockets built up in my fucking badge. And I was like, wait a second. And so then we got up and we looked it up online because I really yeah, thought she was queef. farting on me. And no. then we did it some more. Uh, but I was so clueless. That's so stupid. Did you finish? Because that uh, doesn't sound like you finished. Um, I, don't f- I didn't finish most of the time. <laughs> when you stop to Google what the fuck is happening and then you resume, the I, don't, I don't know that. Kill the mood. I think that <laughs> at the end of the day, I look back on having sex with girls and I used to think to myself, like, this is it. I thought every, everyone sounded really excited when they talked about it in the locker room and you know, at chapter meetings, but I didn't really enjoy this like to that extent. If I can tell you something... A lot of guys, especially the first few times, they are full of shit. It usually either doesn't last long enough or it's awkward and weird. And literally, like, it's fucking locker room talk. It's like yeah. no one's fucking born good at sex, regardless of what they say. Everybody's first time is weird as shit. So it's like all this, especially, like, the guys in our fraternity. I'm sorry. Like, like I actually got girls. I, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. A lot of those guys are full of shit. Some are not. There are some legends and I wish I could talk about it. <laughs> I want our listeners to know that Carlos got girls, but if you ask the girls, they would say that they got Carlos. Ah, uh, I'll drink to that. Um, so <laughs> I think that fast forward 10 years, a lot of the brothers felt bad and reached out to me over the years and like, hey, like, let's meet up. And let's... So when we had our show that we did last summer... Mm-hmm. Some of the brothers approached me afterwards. We did a fundraiser to raise money for congenital heart defects because one of our attorney brothers had a very sick kid. So, so he started a foundation, which is beautiful. And um, it's a great foundation. Like it honestly helping brings, hands. What's it called? Helping hearts. Helping hearts. And it brings a ton of awareness to congenital heart disease because a lot of people don't know about this. And if without awareness, programs don't get funding. And it's like the kind of thing where really a great surgeon was able to save his child's life and now if you see the kid i got to meet the kid last year and he's a healthy little boy and it's fucking awesome so shout out to the helping hearts uh uh, charity organization and honestly i hope we can do more stuff for them again soon correct we we were very successful raised a lot of money for them the reason i brought it up is because after that show a lot of people approached me but there's a few of them that were just so mean to me um, before, years ago, then they were like, Hey, Simo, um, you know, I'm married now. I have a kid that like, you should stop by and meet them while you're in town. And I said, no, I don't owe you anything. Do you so, wish you came out earlier in hindsight? Um, like maybe while you were in college, do you wish you had addressed the elephant in the room then? I mean, like who has a fucking problem with it? Cause you did call out 
uh, brothers before. Remember the the threesome duo? Mm-hmm. You know, so you have you have stepped up for yourself for your sexuality before. Do you wish you took it that step further, or were you just not sure then enough? Where you just you know like. I just not your time. I think yeah. I think I wish that I came out sooner because I think that part of the college experience isn't just like school and social organizations, mm-hmm. but I think that at that age you're finding yourself and you're and you're finding right. your um, your sexual maturity. And uh, I was definitely like way behind. So I, I do think that maybe you know I would have been a more successful actor in the theater department if I was really at terms with me. Mm-hmm. And so if you um, aren't willing to dig and put yourself under the microscope, then how dare you embark on a journey to embody some other per- persona, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a totally fair point. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's one of those things where to each your own as far as your journey. I'm glad you are out and proud and you're happy. And I mean, now I hate you, not because you're gay, but just because you're an awful person. But. Well, I do what I can. So let me ask you this. <laughs> How on. old were you when you came out of the closet? Oh, uh, I just fucked your dad in the side. <laughs> we're not gay. We're How just bisexual. How old were you when you sucked your first dick? Does my own count? The first thing that Carlos said to me was, and that's how he got HPV. So that's not funny. That's how he got HPV. And to his girlfriend, I'm sorry. Ah, now what advice would you give to kids in college today wrestling with coming out? I would love to say be out and proud and do your thing. The reason why I'm not is because in some areas of the country, it's still not safe. And I'm going to tell you a story. I was teaching in ITT Tech for a a little bit before I moved to Chicago. So immediately after college, I got this job. And um, it was through the agency that I was associated with. And... um, this young, beautiful kid had a great future. He comes to my office and he says, um, hey, Chris, can I talk to you? I said, come on in. I always have the door open. He said, I think I might be gay. I said, shut the door. Shut the door. Come here. I said, what, you just, what did you just say? He said, I think I, I'm gay. And he was 16 years old. I knew where he lived in a very scary neighborhood. So I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to kick myself in the ass for saying this, but I don't want you saying that again. I don't want you saying it again until you are in an environment where you can say that freely and be safe. I think that if your mom was here, she would much rather you be safe and alive than open with your sexuality and uh, beaten to death. So I think that, you know, it was a very different time then in ITT tech. It's gotten a lot more progressive. But I think that in this poor kid's home environment, I just didn't see him surviving. You know, you can go to college at, and hopefully if you work hard, you can get to college of the city of your choosing. And hopefully it's a progressive city and, and you can um, be your best you. So if I to were be to honest, s- that's not what I expected at all that you would say. Um, the, my, and, the, but it makes total sense. And it's something that I never, ever would have thought about. Safety comes first. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah, of people live in New true. York that aren't from New York, and if you ask them where they're from, it might it could be a place that it's not really safe to yeah, be gay. that's true. So uh, I would say be out and, and proud if think. your environment allows it. And I know that we're not really fighting the system that way, but I, I'm sorry, I just, I just want all my gay family to to um, survive and be safe. And, you know, through works, through working with local government and whatnot, you can, you can change uh, a lot, and, and there's a lot of foundations we can support that are doing a lot of work for us, but I still want anybody to, you know, get beat up. That's fair. 
Um, okay. Do you regret having sex with girls or are you glad you did? Everyone has a journey. Yeah. So I, I don't regret it. They might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, I mean, the one with the, with, with the flaccid penis probably has nothing to regret because nothing's going to happen. Uh, I mean, when we end up doing it again, like, I guess I did a, a decent job. I mean, I got it up. Oh, yeah. but that's that's always a great start. with the first time I slept with the dude in Chi- I was in Chicago I was 24 and it was uh, messy and disgusting and stinky I hated everything about it oh. so then that week I slept with the girl um, at a gay bar I think she saw me as like an obstacle or, or a challenge right and so I took her home and we did the nasty and then just reaffirmed that I was like oh I'm still I'm still gay stinky messy or not I'm still gay I'll I'll just keep a hold of all those Bed Bath & Beyond coupons to right. save money on linen I you know it's I, I couldn't do it <laughs> I mean I did it I just didn't like it right I mean that's that's more power to you at least uh, you didn't disappoint the poor girl that much yeah you disappointed the fuck out of her but at Ooh. least you tried and I tried. trying is one third of the battle trying is one <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying uh, to harness. Who cried louder in the end, you or her? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I think we've honestly covered a ton of ground, so I think it's about that time. It's about that time. Now, without being Pull that, your dick out! <laughs> we will be... Remember to keep an eye out. Get your tickets now for the greatest comedy show of all time. We will be at Broadway Comedy Club this Friday, August 16th. Follow the pod on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, at Frat Shack Podcast. I am at Carlos Does the World. Uh, Chris.more.comedy. And we are out, I think. We, we are out. I want to tell you one quick thing. You don't have to look sick to be sick. Go talk to somebody about whatever's on your mind, and I love you for it. Thank you so much. Peace out. I motion to adjourn. I second. So you. Ciao.